0: Welcome to My Heart Songs Podcast 131, Thanatopia Part 3 I Mourn, the second of the six skills examined in the book, the flow of grief, special circumstances including sudden death, suicide, loss of a child, death of a pet, and the role of self forgiveness as part of the grieving process. Why me? I look around and see others going about their lives as if nothing has happened. On the surface, the entire world carries on, even as my own personal universe has been rendered topsy-turvy. A cancer diagnosis, the loss of someone dear to me, an injury that in a flash leaves me with limited mobility for the rest of my days. Why me? I want to storm and rage or drown in sorrow or both, bouncing between the two like a tropical storm. Fears take over my consciousness, and even breathing seems impossible at times. I want to just be left alone, yet I crave the comforting touch of a friend. Why me? Why now? Why can't something be done? Why do humans have to endure such suffering? The why seems always out of my grasp, part of the great mystery, some inscrutable cosmic flyswatter twist of fate that just seems wrong. I can only focus on how I take the news and how I allow it to inspire and inform my own path. Until I move from the why to the how, I will stay stuck and mired in the morass of refusing to accept that my world has completely changed. How will I adapt and cope? How will I move through this loss? How will I find joy again? How helps me move forward. Why keeps me trapped in the past. In any difficult situation, I can allow the how to move me beyond the why. The ability to light a candle to dispel our own darkness is a bit of essential magic we elders should have up our sleeve. Without a rich internal life, I cannot begin to consciously navigate the perilous shoals and reefs of aging and dying. To shift the belief that I am constantly victimized by fate-mart, I look within to discover where to take some responsibility. Learning to bear life's ills and still be a centered, happy person requires that besides learning the art of surrender, I keep in touch with the inner worlds of grief. Before I can overcome any form of pain, I must be willing to drop down into its depths, learn to live close to my tears and my fears, or all is lost. I can too easily become fixated on neurotic misery, the endless repetition of a story, the refusal to unchain myself because I avoid the hurt. Intellectually, I know the foundation of healthy aging requires staying connected to creative passions, the planet, my friends, and family. But some days, when grieving, I just want to hide under the covers, be left alone, stare at the ceiling, feel the weight of silence. When wrapped in such a down mood with low energy, sometimes it's best to surrender to the gravitas and just observe the roller coaster ride of thoughts, feelings, and bodily sensations. No need to do or fix anything, just be with the excursion and let it be. An Irish proverb states, Death leaves a heartache no one can heal. Love leaves a memory no one can steal. Because we have loved, grief walks by our side. Because we are open to the world, its suffering affects us. Grief is the natural outcome when love is combined with loss. It's a universal experience that unfolds in uniquely personal ways, a form of healing I somehow make my own, though it often feels like drowning in muddy water, nothing to grasp, no separation between me and the weight, no way to pull myself out. Orbitas is the Latin word for bereavement, implying connectedness and a sacred, circular, transformative process. It's related to gravare, the Latin term for grief, to be pressed down, to accept the weight of sadness, consciously experiencing the woe of the soul. Pain is part of the process of revelation. While anything is bearable for only a moment, grief envelops envelops like a suffocating mist that alters perception of everything I thought I knew. The urge to flee, to self-medicate with alcohol, drugs, eating, or keeping busy can be enormous. Such time-tested maladaptive behavior certainly brings some relief in the short term, but ultimately do not serve to stop the descent into that overwhelming well of despair. Because they only increase depression once the transient lift dissipates. Just as there are no skills with pills, there is no clearing without tearing. No way around experiencing the depths of sadness if I am to move through grief. It has its own rhythms that are ever-changing. Its spasms shift between physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual intensity. Sometimes the body bears the brunt of the pain. Other moments, it's overwhelming emotion or intrusive thoughts. With support and an embracing of this dark night, hope returns, and there is renewed energy to reestablish routines, reorganize one's life, and reinvent new dreams. The time of integration will arrive when I cease looking more to the past than the future. To grieve well is to honor each and every phase of its flow. The protective numbness that insulates us from drowning in feelings initially serves us well. As we move through grief's stages of denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and acceptance, we don't really get over things. Well, maybe we get over a cold or a teenage crush, but we never get over any significant loss. We simply somehow find a way to fit it into the weave and fabric of our life. The maximum that the maxim that the only way out is through is a deeper truth. I must provide space for everything grief brings, all its unpleasant baggage of anger, fear, and sorrow. And it's not just the big losses in my life that can weigh me down. All the small disappointments of living, the minor players on the stage of melancholy, have their disheartening effects. Lily Tomlin once quipped, It's my belief we developed language because of our deep inner need to complain. (laughs) What about the cathartic effect of complaining about aches and pains? Blaming, criticizing, and complaining all have in common that some change is wanted. This unskillful triad encourages us to take the easy path and shift, sometimes very subtly, the onus of responsibility onto another or onto circumstances beyond our control. Awareness creates choice. I can grumble or be grateful, bemoan or be proactive, bitch or fix the glitch. This anonymous quote captures the feeling. Grief is like a ball of string. You start at one end and wind, then the ball slips through your fingers and rolls across the floor. Some of your work is undone, but not all. You pick it up and start over again, but you never have to begin again at the end of the string. I certainly have learned over the years to distinguish bourgeois hardship and inconvenience from true misery and universal agony. Something unavailable that I wanted to buy, a broken favorite object, a flight delayed, a flat tire versus a child dying in my arms from famine or a loved one seriously injured in a tornado. If I can fix it with a checkbook, mine or someone else's, then it probably does not really qualify as a painful problem. Such annoyances might make me miserable and generate sadness, but hopefully I've become proficient in taking the larger view. The the don't-sweat-the-small-stuff perspective is equally important whenever I am in the darkness of desperate loss. Initially, grief always disorients and overwhelms. I find myself irritable, triggered more easily by minor frustrations, annoyed by friends or family members. In the midst of such unraveling, Conscious aging requests that I let go of all of those minor irritations that do not really matter as they present themselves good practice for the challenges to come. When grief arises, it can transform any scene into a disappearing act. Whatever beauty, joy, or laughter was there can vanish dreamlike through instant intense remorse. As I sift the abundant wheat of positive memories from the chaff of was that does not serve me to recall the complex mosaic of a given memory shifts like a kaleidoscope or jigsaw puzzle. The memories recycle, recreate, and reform impressions and sensations. The fickle fiction of memory is especially so around traumatic experiences where the human mind may exaggerate or distort a memory or even lead me to forget easily and willingly. Hence the dreamy fogginess of grief wherein both body and mind are hard at work and cognitive and long- and short-term memory functions adversely affected. How often I remember the looking and seeking, but not the finding and fulfilling. Beyond polishing up tarnished memories, there are moments when a bouquet of fond memories can uplift me rather than deepen my sadness. Grief allows pain to leave the body, If I name the pain in the moment very specifically, I can temporarily reduce its power, soften its edges, not try to escape or avoid it, but pass through it, allowing it to burn and seemingly destroy me. The learning that is happening far outweighs the discomfort as it awakens inner resources. Grieving is successful when the reality of loss is accepted, the pain of grief is experienced, and I slowly adjust to the new reality. The danger is in continuing to focus on what is missing instead of what has been given. Staying in the past rather than living in the present. Guarding the wound rather than letting it heal into its gift. And continuing to respond to new situations with yesterday's solutions. We love and therefore we grieve. We grieve and therefore we heal. When we are unwilling or unable to cry, our grief may seek release through anger or fear and often cause tears in another. There are those who say they cannot cry. The reality is that they just have not found the correct key that will unlock the natural flow of tears. Begin in private, if need be, with a painful memory, a sad story, a heart-wrenching movie, or a list of all one has lost. Kept sealed off by crazy conditioning that intones that real men don't cry or trapped by fears they will somehow drown in their own tears, sometimes it takes a life-changing event before the dam finally bursts. I find it essential to regularly abandon myself to the delicious release of a good cry. This podcast represents only about a quarter of the chapter material. If you're interested in offering feedback, I'm happy to send you the rest of this chapter as it currently stands. Thanks, as always, for listening. And remember, friends and family can easily sign up at myheartsongs.org.